Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Angie Austin and friends, kind of, but uh, <laughs> we have friends here, but uh, Angie is gone. She's on vacation at Hippie Camp with her dad and her family, leaving me in charge. And uh, I have my lovely friend Yay. Michelle Ron in studio. Hi. Oh, and he's very good in charge, so we trust him completely. <laughs> oh, Welcome, well, Daddy you. Moose. Oh, All well, right. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining me today. I know it's a, you My know, pleasure. Not, not the usual pretty face to look at. but Oh, uh, it's the smiley good one. Smiley oh, happy one. This is fine. Well, we have um, good news to get to, but uh, wow, it's the first week of school for a lot of it districts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- th- this is your go time. You you love school. I You're do. A, you know, teacher who teaches, teaches how to teach. I do. Right? I, well, I teach discipline to schools. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There we go. Classroom management. What a concept, huh? And yeah. So, uh, with uh, school starting, do you have, like, as a parent, as a teacher, any sort of, like, um, anxiety that kind of comes oh my into you? Oh, gosh, for just of course we do. Oh, if, if I didn't have an anxiety, I'd be very nervous that I didn't. So, no. I think we all do. When we, every single person, whether it's a teacher or a kid or a parent, we all want to do the very best we can do. And this is the time we do it. It's kind of like our New Year's resolution begins in August and September. You bet. And now, have you had, like, any crazy stories of something absolutely weird happen on the first day of school? Oh, my goodness, I'm sure I have, if my memory could remember them. But uh, everybody has things that will happen on the first day of school because you've set up your classroom, you've set up your situations as you're just sure they're going to go. Well, kids don't follow those rules, no. So everything will be um, on the kids' terms, and as long as we are prepared and teachers are flexible. If they're not flexible, then we're in the wrong profession. My sister-in-law is a teacher and mm-hmm. she always like sets up her classroom and always has such anxiety because it's like all these kids come in. She's like, but don't, don't touch with me. Yeah, right. Don't play with my new toys. Like, oh, that looks so great. And then the first day is over and it looks like, you know, it, it looks like kids have used them. Well, wow. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's right. okay. But then, it's then okay. she has a realization like the kids are in. That's all right. right. Here we on. go. That's right. <laughs> Wonderful concept. Good. We have some uh, some good news to uh, talk about, and this is uh, a story that's gone viral a little bit last week, but then there's uh, some more to it of a waitress working the midnight shift. And you used to be a barnstormer, so you know a little bit about uh, oh, what it's yay. like to serve. Oh, yeah, You knew what a barnstormer was. And, uh, All right. I actually applied to uh, Country Dinner Playhouse like what? a month before it closed. Oh, so. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I hate to see it go. But so this uh, gal is working a uh, midnight shift at an all-night diner, and uh, two firemen come in, and they have just what she says they've had a day. So let's mm-hmm. go ahead and listen to this first clip. It was only a few days ago that these two guys were just Liz Woodward's customers. She is a waitress here in Delran, New Jersey, where at 5 in the morning on Thursday, those two guys walked in. As they walked in, they had said, I need the biggest cup of coffee that you have. As soon as they said that, I knew they had had a day. They sure had. One of them, Paul Hullings, a volunteer firefighter, had just spent hours fighting this one at a New Jersey warehouse. He and fellow volunteer fireman Tim Young were exhausted when they stopped in for an early breakfast. So we were done our breakfast, and she handed me the bill, and as of then, we had no bill. Instead, they got this note. Your breakfast is on me today. Thank you for all you do serving others. The guys were flabbergasted. Here's this waitress who's working a midnight shift. Who knows how much tips she actually made that night. And she's thrown in you know, her money for just a couple of regular guys. So they put it on Facebook. It gets a lot of attention. And that's when they find out some of Liz's own story. Here's this waitress who's just doing something so nice for us, which she is really the one who needs the help. 
And have you heard the story? Do you I know how not. it ends? Okay. No. So these uh, firemen put a picture of it on their Facebook page mm-hmm. for the volunteer firefighter, and people are like, oh, that's great, you know, good for her. And then they, a lot of uh, businesses gone to that diner just because the the heart of that young woman. Mm-hmm. But as uh, people said, hey, firefighter guys, do you know her story? She has a dad who is a quadriplegic mm. and is trying to get a new van for her. And for her dad, $17,000 for Mm. a van. Mm -hmm. And they have a GoFundMe account. And, you know, she's working this job to be able to get this van for her father. Mm. She has other things going on. But uh, these firefighters thought they'd help out more than just the community of fighting fires. They helped out this girl. Because she's been trying to raise money for a specialized van for her dad, a quadriplegic, and wasn't even halfway there. But then the two firefighters posted about her, and suddenly there was close to $60,000 pledged. This is Liz when she found that out. It's because of you guys. <laughs> the fact that it's reached, you know, different states, different cities, different, it has spread across the world. And <sighs> I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words all for the price of breakfast that started as a thank you. And this story came out uh, about 10 days ago, and I checked the GoFundMe account. She was trying to raise $17,000 for this van. She now has over $70,000. Phenomenal. This outpouring uh, support from the community around the world. This is a global Mm -hmm. thing, just from firefighters, you know, needing coffee. I believe that people honestly have the core inside of each one of us that wants to do good, Mm -hmm. that wants to serve somebody else. And we all have that. Now, whether we act upon that is another story. And she obviously did act upon it, even though it came out of her pocket and so forth. But she acted upon it. And uh, God is good. God is good that it came back to her. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Right. And there's more stories like you see people post on pictures on Reddit or whatever of, you know, uh, servers getting a ten thousand dollar tip or whatever right and that's great but then the other side like these servers work hard and they don't get a lot of things for it and that's that's Mm -hmm. great when they get those big tips but they also have a lot of them have big hearts because there's this story that we just heard about and then a couple months ago there was a a couple who went into a diner and they would go in every wednesday with their baby and then they came in one wednesday and they didn't have their baby and the waitress asked what happened and they said that they the the daughter had uh, come down with a disease suddenly and they lost the baby barely a year old and so it just broke the heart of the staff and so the staff like say you won't have to pay here ever again so they come in and they just like the heart of those people they Mm -hmm. pay from pay for these people out of their you know the goodness in their hearts Mm -hmm. right just uh amazing stories of uh people just you know not asking directly for hey i need help but uh, the goodness of people being able right. to help out. And there's so, Jorge, we're going to skip ahead. There's a, uh, a dad who uh, has gone through some loss. He lost his wife. He's a father of two. And uh, he, he's come on hard times, not only you know in the economy and the way things are sometimes, but losing a, a loved one, especially a spouse, can hit you very hard. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a father of two, has two young kids. I think they're, uh, I can't remember the ages, but they're around like six or eight. And uh, he wasn't asking for help, but he got more than what he uh, okay. expected. Like any good dad, across. Mark Sable helps his children see their path. Come down this way. But the past year, it's been Mark who struggled to find his way. It's been real hard just to make sure food's on the table and just everyday things with the kids. Last winter, at just 28 years old, Mark's wife Belinda found a 14-pound tumor. First came surgery, then a diagnosis, stage 4 ovarian cancer. 
Within months, she was gone, and soon Mark, an overnight custodian, was scrambling to provide for his two young kids. They've had some tough times. Often, barely with the basics. Some nights, the family slept in their car. Sometimes you think, what can I do? But it's always like, oh, that's really sad. And then you just go on with your day, you know, and, and there's no action. And it just takes one person to take action. That person was Holly Lafferty. Okay, we need to do something here. Who overheard Mark's story in the waiting room of her son's clinic and posted a simple Facebook message asking for help. Soon, dozens of strangers had answered. It blows my mind. Bringing clothes and toys and money for a young father they didn't know. By the time I got home that day, I already had donations piling on my doorstep that just kept coming. The gifts filled an entire room at the clinic. Dun, 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 dun. And the hearts of two small children who have lost so much and have so little. Wow, look at all this stuff, you guys. A fresh start for a dad and his kids, and a lesson that kindness is everywhere. Everybody has a village, you just don't know it. Mm -hmm. I love that last line. Everybody has a village, we just don't know it. And again, it's back to the core. The mm -hmm. core of each one of us I know wants to do good. I know it. But then she said, she said whether we actually, we have the action to act upon it, right? Right. You have the ability to just walk on by. It's the Samaritan story. You have mm -hmm. the ability to just walk on by and continue with your day or to stop. And uh, as I say, see a need, fill a need. I would also interject on that, that so darn many times we we do something for somebody based on what they look like right. and uh, you know not to judge by what a person looks like and gosh I several years ago my family and I uh, ran a trout pond restaurant farm up on uh, up at Grand Lake oh. and uh, the very we did the cooking we did the catch the trout you will cook it and so forth and we had rooms to go we worked a 92 hour a day job anyway Jeez. point being that the very first morning we opened up for business I was standing behind the counter my uh, with my small daughter and in the parking lot drove road two tough tough looking men with long hair and black leather gloves and got off their Harley Davidson's and and I mean my judgment was not good and I turned to my daughter I said oh honey gosh I hope we don't get robbed the first morning we open well long story short I mean I eat those words because uh, they were phenomenal men. They were visiting Colorado and for the next week to 10 days, they would stop in after their touring of Grand Lake and Estes and they would order a cup of coffee and tip my girls five bucks, you know, for, for it was just phenomenal. And on the opposite end of that, on July 4th, in walked 40 people in one party, one party dressed to the hilt. Our, our restaurant seated 41. They took <laughs> up the whole restaurant, wow. but they were dressed to the hilt. And I know I'm getting to my point. The point is that they were rude. They ordered everything under the sun, and they did pay their bill, but they stiffed us uh. as far as tips. And and there were four of us that were serving them, you know. And my point is, don't ever judge by what they look like. Right. You know, those Jud guys were by its cover. I, mama I learned said. well. It was great for my daughters who were in elementary school at the time. Very good. And just uh, one of the things that mm -hmm. I like to think about is uh, with our work with the Denver Rescue Mission, who are actually, they're coming in next. Uh, oh, good. Uh, Crum, and all the, uh, he's an intern for uh, Denver Rescue Mission, and all the great things that they do down mm -hmm. there. And uh, you can think about, you know, you see the guy holding the sign on the street right. and just drive right on by. And sometimes that breaks my heart that I, I can't do that because sometimes I don't carry cash. But we try to, try to do something, whether it's... Um, 
you know, you can judge them or, but they've been mm -hmm. through so much or you don't know their story, but at least one thing I like to do and I try to tell my daughter, at least we can pray for them. Oh, if right. We can't give them anything. We don't know their name. We don't know their story, but we can at least pray for mm -hmm. them. Pray for their safety, pray for their family if they have it. Sometimes they mention on their signs. We'll just try to do um, all, all that they can. All and, that we can. and another thing, my my table, my Bible study, I love what we, one gal came up with. We made, took gallon baggies and we put a pair of socks, we put a bottle of water, we put chips, we put a toothbrush and stuff. And that's what we hand out. Mm -hmm. We hand out. So the money, I, I, I am concerned about exactly right. where it's going, but I, at least I know that they're going to have clean socks, they're going to have clean underwear or whatever it is but we yes. can do something but your idea of praying is is what we need to like do most. Feel like, yeah that's the most important thing we can mm -hmm. do is to pray for one another and i think that's a a very good thing that i'd love to pass on to my daughter and it's mm -hmm. like not only uh you know you don't know where the money is going to but you can do things that are useful like the socks Correct. and that plastic baggie can be even though it's a plastic baggie it can be and filled uh, with anything very, yeah. very helpful for mm -hmm. them and um do you have any good news stories to, to share with oh, us? Oh gosh, Michelle? just just thinking about the school and just think pray talk about praying. I would mm -hmm. pray for teachers as they begin. I would pray for administrators. Um, I taught a hundred years ago. It's different now. It's tougher yeah, now. We were talking and, about that before. <laughs> you know, it, it is. But but teachers and uh, administrators face much different situations than I ever had to face. And I just feel that uh, every parent and every teacher needs some extra special prayer this time. So if you can be a volunteer in a school there's always a need for something for something and I would suggest that you check in and those who are grandmas and grandpas like me you know I believe now is a perfect time to read a one-to-one -one on a with a kid in a classroom I think that's more important now than in the history of education so I'd say go and volunteer Awesome. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday on uh, Therapy Tuesday of now that school's in session and trying to find a, uh, a rhythm as a family. Mm. Is that something that you struggled at, at oh, like sure. with your, your oh, kids and now your kids? And again, I think it's, I definitely feel it's harder today because kids are participating in so many more activities than what my generation did and my kids' generation did. Um, so I think finding the time as a family when you can sit down to a meal, I know that sounds just foreign to many of us because we eat in the car on the run and so forth but finding that time and um, my daughter I I respect the fact that right uh, there's a little sign right out the kids go outside the garage out to the garage to get in the car here are the four check things that you need to take to school and um, uh, on the very bottom is and don't you forget that I love you more and more oh. every day you know and and just uh, just a Definitely be aware of community time with each other. Right. Are there four things like backpack, lunch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Shoes. Yeah. Shoes. My check is like, do I have my phone? Do I yes. have my wallet? Do I have my glasses? <laughs> and I went 30 years without wearing glasses, and I just got oh. them recently. And so I I realized when I don't have my glasses, the oh, yeah. first time I hit a street sign. <laughs> When I realized, oh no, where are they? Yes, exactly. good. And Go so ahead. now let's, you know, I have the same thing and trying to figure out a, a rhythm. And my daughter starts school for the first time. She starts oh, preschool huge. next week, so yeah. it's huge for us and trying to establish that rhythm as a family even though um mm -hmm. it's going to be during the day when i'm at work and not at home it's going to be a new rhythm for my wife and i know that's going to cascade down to how we get things uh right. done and in preparation and uh as we talked about yesterday on therapy tuesday my daughter is uh gluten-free so she has uh -huh. to learn what she can and can't eat, eat. and that she can't uh, take lunch from other kids and just trying sure. to you know, stick to your plate and just trying to Fortunately, there's more kids who are needing to be gluten-free, so right. that's good. And the, the school's but. aware of that, and so I think uh, there's some other kids that are gluten-free as well, so they might have like you know a gluten-free table. But um, 
it's it is crazy of how to mm-hmm. think about how the rhythm of life works because it, it changes when school starts, because mm-hmm. it's such a monumental thing. It is monumental. It's monumental for the whole family. And I would say somewhere before the end of the evening, end of when the child curls up into the into the bed, that you take some time for each kid. And just all you need to say is, you know, hey, honey, love you lots. Today. What, what was your high? Right. Did you have a low? You know, and um, it, it, it'll it help to get away from those yes. Did you have a good day? Yes. Did right. you have, you know, you did you have a high? What was your high today? And um, talk about it a little bit. I love the fact, if at all possible, I would urge every parent to do some reading with a kid before they go to bed. Yep, we read two books. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, and kids need it. Yeah. We need that. We need that quiet time I've more read the now same than ever. Clifford book. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. They'll memorize it and have it me- read it right with you. But well, uh, Clifford goes fishing, so at least it's something I enjoy. So it's good. all good. Good, good, good. All right. So school starting and, uh, you know, it's a new rhythm of life. And I think once, at least this is how I felt in school, as soon as I figured out the good rhythm and we're happy with that rhythm, all of a sudden you get thrown off because the holidays oh, sure. would start. Oh, sure. Right. And it's like you start in January and then it's a new rhythm because school starting again, but yeah. then it's cold and you have the, you know, the, the post holiday blues and then it's winter. <laughs> and so it's like, as soon as you establish a rhythm, a rhythm of life, it gets uh-huh. all messed up again. But that's the reality of today too. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and so therefore you, you emphasize with your kid, you know, boy, our schedule's really a mess today, but you know what? Jesus is with us every single day. And, and, uh, how'd you see him today? Did you right. see him today? You know, what, where did you hold hands with him? Did you call upon him? You know, I love that. And as the busyness, like you said, to fight for the great things of having the, the community, time as a family having the dinner time fighting for that and that's a great thing uh, we got rid of our microwave and so we have to be mm. intentional on how we cook wow. so we do that together as a family and it, it takes more time so you just for you as opposed to just you know nuke something and go yes well coming up next we have the great people from Denver Rescue Mission one of their interns crumb he's gonna come and talk to us about his great journey he's been on the show before and he has a, a, a love for uh, broken people and just a great big heart so it's Denver Rescue Mission great. coming up next on the good news good Pleasant to your ears, rejuvenating to your soul. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Stop. Take a moment to think and ask yourself, is my business going where I want it to go? Am I being a good captain at the helm of my ship? If you said no or are struggling to come up with a decent answer, you need some guidance. Carrie Conley of Infinite Nation can assist you in setting goals, achieving them, and getting you and your business to the next level. You might need to restructure how you go about handling your business, clients, vendors, employees, and even your personal life. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation and can coach you to have the business and life that you've always imagined. Carrie offers a free 30-minute consultation to figure out how you can work together and set goals that stick to set you up for success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to design your vision and get started on the road to victory today. Grow your true passion and gain the tools and supportive community you'll need to progress while remaining completely anchored in your goals. Get Carrie to give you a nudge or a push in the right direction. InfiniteNation.com, I-N-F-I-N, the number eight, nation.com. 
Hey, it's Angie. Do you have things you want to give away, but you know, you feel like, oh, it's too nice and I just want to give it away or it's too much of a hassle to bring it down to donate it? Well, guess what? I'm very good friends with the ARC organization. My friend Francis Owens is here and you'll come pick up our stuff for free. We will. I won't personally, <laughs> although I guess I could. Yes. I actually do some of that, but we would love anything you'd like to donate. Nice items, even if they're not quite so nice. Things sell. It's amazing. It's like you're always on a hunt. Please call 303 23 Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We'd love to come pick up anything you'd like to donate. Well, I have to tell you, we donate a lot because my husband refuses to let things hang around the house. And he used to just <laughs> aim for the trash. And now he knows no. we have an ARC box. Yep. And you know we've even brought a trailer load down. And that's before I knew that you would come pick up things for free. And if you want more information about shopping with a purpose, they have great items at ARC. All of the money stays locally to help the disabled community. Go to arcthrift.org. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hi, I'm Angie Austin with the good news. I'm Angel Tessie with Experience Pros. All right, so we're radio hosts who want to make your life better. We have an excellent event coming up. If you're feeling low, you're feeling blue, you've had a difficult past, you're depressed, whatever it may be, we have an event coming up called Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions. And Angel, you are going to talk about your family life. Absolutely. A tough time that my husband and I went through several years ago, how we managed to get through that and actually come out as a healthier husband and wife couple. And I am so excited to share this story for the first time at Real Women. And I'm really excited to talk about overcoming the past. And I've lost family members to drug addiction, murder, etc. And I want people to know how they can become a victor in life and not a victim uh, to forgive and get over the past and the steps that you can take in your own life to achieve your goals and get the life that you really want. The Lord wants that for us. So we'd love for you to come. It's October 3rd. It's in Highlands Ranch at the Jubilee Church. Are you excited, Angel? I am so excited. Ladies last year said it was life-changing. So please come join us. Angie Austin, Radio click on events no need to wait until sunday to sing your favorite worship songs join in right here on 810 klvz where love lives welcome back to the good news you know i do about 30 interviews a day on uh, the good news and daybreak usa and certain little snippets will stand out to me and last year a young man who was an intern at the denver rescue mission who was from cambodia um crumb hung came in and i'll never forget when i talked to him about being a college student and i don't rem remember the exact words and he's here again but i just remembered 
being so inspired by his sweet nature and also his like gratitude um, about being a Christian. And I said, was it hard to be a college student and be a Christian? And he talked about how important he thought it was for him to be a good role model as a Christian and to, you know, not get involved with all the bad stuff that can go on in college. And so when I met him again, he was just in a couple of weeks ago and I said, oh, you have to come back on the show. So Crum Hong is back and you're doing your second internship at the Denver Rescue Mission or is it the third? This is my third. Your third. Yep. So you really enjoy working there. Yes, I have. And you've got Stacy Parker with you. She's the PR coordinator. And Stacy, we're going to talk to you in a little bit just about the internship program and how it works. And Crum, where do you guys stay? Do you stay at the family shelter area when you're there? Where do you guys live when you're doing your internships? So during the internship, the mission provides um, a place for the interns to stay. And some interns, they do commute from home and stuff if they're here. Okay. But we, they have... Um, providing housings and stuff for interns to stay at the crossing so that way you'll be close to your work but then you get to interact with all um, the participants and stuff at the crossing the yeah. yeah when they've got families there and uh at, at the crossing and they also have the new life program men there going through the program for um, alcohol and drug addiction uh, so kind of a diverse group there at the crossing all right so let's go back a little bit first of all are you done with college or do you have another year left i have another year left um I'll be going back in August, the end of August, to start my senior year. And then once I finish college, I will go back to Cambodia. And where do you, um, where, where do you go to school? I'm, cur- I'm going to school in California at the Master's College. It's in Santa Clarita area, about 40 minutes north yeah, of Yeah, I used LA. to live in Santa Clarita. It's hot. 114 yeah. sometimes in the summer. Woo! Yeah. Nice area, though. I love Santa Cruz and Valencia. All those areas are nice. All right, so I want to go back in your story for people um, who didn't hear your testimony last year. And even if they did, it's worth hearing from Crum again because Crum um, was, was um, helped out by an organization in Cambodia called Asian Hope. So let's kind of go back um, into your story because at the age of seven, I knew your parents divorced and then you were with your mom. So let's talk about your testimony because I think that you've grown up to be such a fine Christian young man and I think you give hope to a lot of people who are going through difficult times. Yeah, so um, at a very young age, I my parents divorced and then it was very hard because we are coming from the Khmer Rouge regime and then so everyone was still trying to find a job, still trying to break out the mentality of like, you know, like of what has happened in the last, you know, 20 years and stuff like that. And it was, it was really a hardship and stuff like that. And a lot of people lost family members during that time. Yeah. And so coming out of all of that, just trying to survive, basically, you say make a living, but just survive, make a living, support kids. So when your parents got divorced, it split up the kids too, right? Yeah, we did. We split. My sister went with my dad, and then I went with my mom. Because she picked me over my sister. but She wanted both of us, but she picked me over my sister because um, she was a woman, and she needed a guy to help her with farming and stuff. And, then and even though was, you were just seven... Mm-hmm you were going to help her on the farm. And yep. that's something that's an eye-opener for us because she kept you because she needed to help on the farm, and you were seven, which is the age of about a first grader. And so you were going to be her farming help. Yep. And so you were. Yes, I was. And so you and your mom did farming, and, th- and then what happened after that? She went to the city because she wanted to get try to find, hopefully find a better job? Yes. Um, farming was okay, but then it was very hard for her because as a, a mom and stuff, and then, like, you know, all this manual labor and stuff, so she decided, you know, she heard opportunities and stuff in the cities that you can find better jobs, you know, better paying jobs, and 
so that's what she did. She left me with my relatives, and then she went to the city, and then for a couple months and stuff later, she um, got one of my relatives to bring to bring me to the city. Yeah. So um, you stay behind. Your mom goes to the city. Then your aunt brings you to your mom. And then your mom got remarried, which you would think like, oh, great, you know, a breadwinner or a guy to help. But that was not the case. He was abusive and he drank too much. Yep, that was that was definitely not the case. Um, I was pretty surprised and shocked that she didn't invite our family members and stuff because um, her sister didn't even know about it. And most of us no didn't know. No one knew that she got married. Yep. So you arrive and you're surprised you have a stepdad who drinks and he's not very nice. Yep. I was, I didn't really like it. I was like, oh, like what just happened, you know? And right away, was he mean to you and your mom? No, I mean, definitely right away, like he was not. And then it was, it was when he was started drinking that you can see more of it. But like when he was working normal in the days himself and when he started drinking, he was like, oh, he's a fine guy. But then the more I stayed with him, the longer I stayed with him and then the more I got to know him, it was like, whoa, like it was a very hard life because, you know, like every time he drinks, he gets mad and stuff. And then if I don't do this, he doesn't, you know, I just could abuse for it. So he was abusive to you and your mom. And I found it interesting when you mentioned that um, you and your mom would cry yourself to sleep and the neighbors would hear you guys cry for help, but no one dares come to the rescue. Whereas here, we'd call the 911. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, like, because, like, he's such a rough guy and, like, um, neighbors, they don't really want to get involved. And we stayed close to, like, a police house, but the police guy, he was scared of him as well. Like, I mean, like, he warned him about, like, not doing it again and stuff. But once he gets drunk, it's kind of hard to keep a guy who's drunk out of control and everything, you know, in check, you know. And this and the system's different. You don't just come and arrest him and put him in jail um, in Cambodia. Like, the men have different rights maybe there? Um, it's not about different rights and stuff. It's just, like, sometimes the police are just, you know, like, they feel like they can't do anything and... But I mean, it's it's their duty to like tell the neighbors or tell, um, give the warnings and stuff. But it, I mean, I mean, like it was it was a very secluded area and stuff, and so they didn't really want to cause an issue and stuff like that. So they didn't really just kind of keep quiet and hope it goes away and hope a few warnings will uh, make him behave. But then once he drinks, uh, you know, things change. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, isn't that interesting? You know, because my, my dad was a drinker too. He doesn't drink anymore. And uh, he was also abusive to my mom. And uh, back when this happened, also people didn't get as involved, just like in your case, you're younger than I am, much younger. But, um, you know, even here in the States, things were different, you know, 20 years ago than they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she also didn't get any help so um, interesting though but that alcohol it can just be um, that trigger that if you have a problem with it and you know I just interviewed my daddy every day and I said because um, uh, we just got reunited a couple years ago he contacted me and um, he I said do you have any regrets and this was part of an interview this is like a couple years into us you know being you know we don't go on vacation together and talk every week on the phone and he said um, my biggest regret in life is that I was an alcoholic and I feel like I hurt my children. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't think these people that have addiction problems, they mean to hurt us. We're like collateral damage. And they're not drinking to hurt us. They're drinking because they're hurting and then we get hurt in the interim, you know. We're like the, you know, the fallout of their drinking problem. All right, so then you started hanging out with, um, in front of it, with the kids at the missionary's house. Yep, I did. So I'm not sure of, 
if I mentioned, but he, my stepdad's in like into construction work and construction in uh, Cambodia and in America, it's very different. It's not, you know, like us organized. So you construction workers, you stay at their construction site until your oh. job's finished. Oh, and, and then, then you move to then the you other. move to the next one. And stuff. Oh. And so it just happened that when I moved to one of those construction site, there was a missionary family across the place where we were staying. And then during the daytime, I would, um, go and hang out with I don't know how I got to know them but somehow I got to know them and then got to stay and hang out with their kids and just kind of like love it there and then kind of like tell them about my story and stuff and then they were like you know what we we need to bring you out of this place you you, you cannot stay here with your mom and stuff you know <sighs> with the situation and stuff and so uh, at times they when looking around for orphanages and stuff like that, and and then that was when like she contacted Steve Fisk and and got he's me. with Asian Hope. He used to be with Asian Hope. Okay, he was my first guardian. Before, um, before like two thousand two thousand two thousand five two thousand six. So your like your mom actually, because these missionaries didn't like the situation you were in. They and you felt love from them and comfortable and liked being around them, and they knew your situation wasn't good. So they wanted to find a place for you, and they ended up um, contacting Steve at Asian Hope at the time. And your mom thought that was a good idea, too. She thought that would protect you. Yeah, she definitely thought ab about it. Like, um, before she, before we knew about this missionaries and stuff, she was like, you know what? I cannot have you stay here, and um, I want you to have a better future and stuff. And she was it's looking for— It's a huge for sacrifice for your mom. Yep. Because, you know, loving you and then knowing that she wouldn't get to be with you— that's a tough situation because you were like the one thing she probably had that meant love, you know, that was happiness for her. Wow, she must really love you to have done that. Okay, so then she decides, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and check out this Asian Hope. And so then he's your guardian for a while. And how old were you then when you started, uh, you know, when you got involved with Asian Hope, which is, you know, an orphanage for kids with a lot of love, a Christian ministry? I think by that time I'm eight years old. Eight, so about a year after your parents got yep. divorced. Okay, and then how did your mom get to see you still, or was she still with the construction worker, you know, drinker? Yeah, for a time she was with me. She came with me toward the orphanage, and she stayed with me for like a couple months. But then it was very hard for her to be there because at the time she lost her ability to speak. Um, she got into an accident one one day. She just like fell off the steps. It was raining. It was muddy and slippery. She just slipped down the stairs, and then when she got up, she she, she could she could make sounds and stuff, but she just definitely lost the ability to like just interact. She with hit her people. head. Yeah, and so we went to all different kinds of doctors and stuff, but they didn't know what was wrong with her at the time. They like we went to like you know Buddhist monks, ministry uh, tem temples and stuff. You know, we tried different all kinds of things, and it didn't work. But then, so she just came to stay with us, and then she didn't like it there because just some of the workers at the time, like, was not really treating her well, and then it's hard for her to communicate different things. And right, stuff like that. yeah. So you're there, and then at Asian Hope, um, I think we talked about this before, um, obviously Christian ministry, but, you know, that wasn't how you were brought up. Did the faith, and I know you're a Christian now, how did the, the faith start to impact you? How did you get kind of drawn in or decide that maybe you were going to look into this Christianity thing? So definitely this organization is Christian from the start. I mean, um, the guy who was in charge, he was definitely a very strong Christian. And he taught Bible studies and kind of like immersed us with different activities, just like little things at a time. You're like, 
even while we're learning English and stuff, you know, say, okay, you know, this is the book, this is the Bible, and just kind of like stuff like that. And it was over a long process that I eventually learned English and I kind of got... You know English really well. Yeah, thank you. Like, it was not until I got like a better knowledge of English that I was able to understand a bit more about Christ. And then when did you, because I, I know your faith is important to you now, when did that become a focal point for you? I would have to say it's definitely after my parents, no, not my parents, sorry, my mom passed away. It was like in 2007, 2006, 2007. And that was when I was really like searching and looking and kind of like, you know what, what am I believing in? why you know i was that was when i was start questioning christianity a lot and just kind of like is he really god and if he's really god you know why is he doing this to me like i mean through all my childhood I, i've experienced all of this and stuff but then he kept taking something else that was i felt like the only thing that was like left for me on this earth and that was my mom and so it was how, very how hard. old were you when your mom passed away i would have to say it's about i was 15 15. And you were in Asian Hope still. You, I was still you, you were Asian being Hope. raised there at Asian Hope. And you'd still get to see your mom. No, I did not get to see my mom. Like, I would see her maybe once in a year or something like that. Or when my stepdad, like, he feels like he can get money or something out of me, he would come and try to take me out of it. And that's when he would bring my mom to, like, bribe you to talk to me and stuff like that. Right. But then I was like, you know what? For the longest time, you didn't want me to be a part of your life. This is talking to my stepdad. Stepdad, yeah. And now you're here. You wanted me. I'm like, I decide. You know what? My future is here, and I'm not going back with you. And then that's when I'm like, stop contacting him and stuff because we've tried many times to find my mom and stuff, but he kept leading us the wrong way or like. Oh, and not letting you get into contact with her. Yep. And then how how did you find out that she'd passed away? Did he tell you? Yep, he came one day and, and it was, I was in school and then he was like, he came to the orphanage and talked to the Steve and he was like, you know what, his his mom passed away and then I was like, oh, I haven't seen her for all these years now. So then I just heard this news and I was kind of like, I didn't really know what to do at the time. I was kind of shocked, but then it was not until after like she was, you know, cremated and stuff like that, that I, my heart like started to ache and stuff because at that moment I was just so like, shocked and everything I didn't you know it was hard to express the emotion and that's when you started questioning like faith and why why did this happen to me and is God real yeah. and did you ever start to get any kind of sense of peace because I think you're a miracle crumb I mean the fact that you're here in the United States and you're getting an education you speak great English and you're going to back to help other people in Cambodia when you graduate I think you're just a pure miracle I mean you know that if you go back to Cambodia and you see the other kids there you know you're a miracle to be getting this great education and to have survived like you have and to be so strong and you know you've got a great life now but you had to be strong in order to get that when that happened when you were 15 that could have ruined your life like that loss you felt of missing your mom that could have ruined your future because you could have just been angry so what 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 brought it around to make crumb the crumb you are now what happened i felt like definitely it has to do with a lot of the people around me my pastors and steve and his family and but i would add, i would definitely say it had a lot to do with what my mom said she said when we were not still part of asian hope yet she's like you know what? i really want you to have a great education a great future 
and like you know live your life one day and i was like you know what there's no point of me leaving this place now because i wanted to fulfill something that this is something that i shared with my mom and talked to her a lot about before we came and you know i wanted to live that life for her you know like she might not be able to see me living now but i was like you know i'm willing to hold on and just kind of press on and continue and to make her proud mm -hmm. and she made sacrifices for you she would be so proud of you my goodness graduating from a university in california in a year and if you're just joining us um crum hung is talking about uh, his internship at the denver rescue mission but i wanted to take him um through his story again because i i find him to be quite an inspiration because you know when you have a difficult upbringing and i certainly can't compare mine to to crumbs but having lost a brother to murder and one to drug addiction and to my dad for many years to alcoholism and my mom being involved in that violent relationship and being passed around to different homes as a kid, when you feel like rejected or not loved, I feel like our faith can fill that hole in our heart of being rejected. And I remember all these people that were supposed to take care of me that didn't take care of me, you start to feel as a kid like, what's wrong with me? But I think our faith like makes us whole again. I definitely agree with that. Um, it was a struggle to find that, you know, have that strength in my faith in him. I was through all of that and that like you know just kind of people mentoring and just kind of pushing me and just like you know kind of like helping me look at the future a different way and just say you know what because back at home it's like you know if you struggle with something or something like there's a lot of tendency to just like you know what i give up like i don't want to do this anymore you never gave up it's because your mom and, right yep you wanted to make her proud you have i'll bet you don't you think she'd be so proud of you if she knew how far you've come that must feel good yeah I'm proud of you, and I'm not even your mom. You're making me cry right now. Stop it, Crumb. <laughs> well, I just think you're a great kid, and you know the way that you are a role model to other college students. I feel like you feel like it's almost a responsibility to like I don't know to to, to show people like that. You know, you can turn your life around, which you have. Do you feel that way? I definitely feel that way, and that's kind of honestly why I definitely like love the internship with the rescue mission because. I really want to share like what I've been through and just kind of like encourage them. Just kind of, you know what? I might not have been through this drugs and alcoholic experience that you do, but I went through some other kind of experience, and it's definitely something similar to you know like painful finding somebody to love and some like you know like not feeling love, you know. So I feel like the men here have missions of there's lots of like rejection and not being able to like you know feel this family love and stuff when they were younger and stuff like that and i feel like you know what i want to be able to tell you that it's possible to get out of this situation yeah i think you must inspire them so. all right well that's a great place to just mention stacy parker crumb hung third year he's been an intern i uh, give us the website i don't have much time for you to tell us because his story was so compelling the website for people to find out about internships at the mission Sure, no problem at all. We are seeking interns for the fall. Um, you can find more information at denverrescuemission.org backslash internships. Well, he's obviously a star intern, huh? Absolutely, yes. We've been really blessed to have him for three summers. I know. I, was, I, I want him back next summer. Will you come back next summer? If you're here, if you're here, come back or call in. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back with the good news. A10KLVZ, where love lives. 
Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14 year old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Stop. Take a moment to think and ask yourself, is my business going where I want it to go? Am I being a good captain at the helm of my ship? If you said no or are struggling to come up with a decent answer, you need some guidance. Carrie Conley of Infinite Nation can assist you in setting goals, achieving them, and getting you and your business to the next level. You might need to restructure how you go about handling your business, clients, vendors, employees, and even your personal life. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation and can coach you to have the business and life that you've always imagined. Carrie offers a free 30-minute consultation to figure out how you can work together and set goals that stick to set you up for success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to design your vision and get started on the road to victory today. Grow your true passion and gain the tools and supportive community you'll need to progress while remaining completely anchored in your goals. Get Carrie to give you a nudge or a push in the right direction. InfiniteNation.com. I-N-F-I-N, the number eight, Nation.com. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Brick and sorting the different Brick Brick stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. I would love for you to come to our women's conference on October 3rd. Michelle, Ron, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about fabulous things to make you better every single day. And I'm going to talk about attitude and choices. Make the choice to come. You'll be glad. And I'm going to talk about becoming a victor rather than a victim. And with some stories from my childhood and what I overcame that I hope will help and touch you. Robbie Yopes, you went last year. You'll be the MC this year. What was it like last year? Life-changing. It was amazing. Please come. Don't miss out on this. Invest in yourself. And Tyra, you're my favorite singer in the United States of America, and you're going to be singing for us. How is it to be involved this year? It is exciting. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. He's going to do something pretty darn awesome. Amen. I was my dream to have like a Women of Faith Denver type event, and that's what we had last year, and we're having it again this year. It's on October 3rd. If you're feeling low, if you're feeling blue, if you need to pick me up, if you need a hug from Jesus, please come. Go to AngieAustinRadio.com. Click on Upcoming Events. Music to make your heart smile. 810 KLVZ. 
Welcome back to the good news. It's producer Moose here. And one of the things I love doing with my family is we love getting up in the mountains. I know Angie loves it too. And there's no better place than YMCA of the Rockies. We love taking our families up there. I think Angie gets up. She, she might have her own uh, condo up there or she lives somewhere on the ground. She's up there so often. I love getting up there. I know that I'm going to take my family up there this fall for it. Celebrate our birthdays here in September. But on the line, we have our good friend, Martha Sortland. How's it going, Martha? Good. How are you? Doing all right. And uh, what do you do up there? Uh, I am the marketing director. Marketing director. So you know everything about what's going on up there at uh, both locations, Snow Mountain Ranch and also in Estes Park. What's going on? Anything fun uh, in the next couple weeks? Yeah, we have a special um, mountain escape package to celebrate the 100th birthday of Rocky Mountain National Park. Ooh. So if you stay with us uh, at the Estes location, August 25th through the 27th, you'll get a free pass to the park. Oh, Awesome. And is that um, actually during the uh, anniversary, or is there like an official hurrah, we did it day? Um, no, it's just, we think it's a great time of year to go explore, and we want everyone to come up. Fantastic. And what does all that entail, just uh, you know, the free pass in the park? Yep, stay in one of our lodge rooms, and you're eligible to get the free pass. Free pass. And also, uh, in Lodge Room, you get free breakfast is one of the perks. My sister just went up there and I said, hey, you should get a Lodge Room and get a free breakfast. And she absolutely enjoyed it. She went up by herself. We talk about how you can uh, bring your whole family, but she went up. She's in her mid-30s, went up by herself and had a grand old time up at uh, Winter Park. Is there anything fun going on there still? Well, the Tubing Hill will be open through the end of September, so you still have time to try the Summer Tubing Hill. Yes. And anything else fun and exciting going on? Just, uh, you know, hanging out with all the great stuff. Just being in the mountains is great in and of itself, right? Yeah, we have lots of guided hikes at both locations, which are free to our guests. And we have horseback rides, hay rides. Um, yeah, it's still summer is still in full swing here. Now, I was talking with some of Angie's kids about uh, some of the things that they do up at YMCA of the Rockies. And is there something like called a scat chat or something where you go hiking and looking for poop? Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> What what does that what does that entail? I'm I'm curious. Minds need to know this. <laughs> um, our uh, hike masters will teach you about animal scat and how to identify whether it's a coyote, a bear, a deer, or an elk, or something else. Yeah. Now, are are you that sophisticated in your poop knowledge, there, Martha? I I need to take the class. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe we'll all go up. I told my my daughter about it. She was over here in the conversation. So every time I say, "Hey, let's go for a walk," she asks if it's going to be a poop walk. She just turned three, and it's a hoot and a half. So, Martha, um, how can people book a room, and what other things can they uh, have have to do at uh, YMCA of the Rockies? They can visit ymcarockies.org, or they can call us at 888-613-9622. Now, besides the, the lodge rooms, I know that's one of the best places to stay. What other sort of things um, can people stay at uh, up in YMCA of the Rockies? Yeah, so at the Estes location, we have the cabins and the lodge rooms. And then at Snow Mountain Ranch, we have cabins, lodge rooms, campsites, and a yurt village. Now, uh, w uh, for those people that don't know, what is a yurt? It is a, it's like a tent on a platform. It's like a, a, a special, a, it's like a tent hut sort of thing, right? Because I'm looking yeah. at pictures. I've never been actually inside one. I'm very curious to, uh, you know, have a yurt experience one of these days. But there's so many different options. And also, last time we talked, um, if you're interested in having your family reunion, you got to book now. If not, you're already late for next summer, right? Yeah, that is correct. The sooner the better. Sooner the better and uh, families of all sizes from, uh, you said up to 2,000 people, right? Yep. 
Wow, so if your family is that big and that involved, make sure you get on it now. I know this summer is wrapping up, school's starting, and people are in the full swing of fall right now. But uh, don't forget that next summer, it's, it's going to come quick. So if you want to have a family reunion, make sure you get on that now. And Martha, what's the contact information again? YMCARockies.org. YMCARockies.org. Thanks so much, Martha. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the good news. I am producer Moose. And, uh, you know, if, there, if you have any questions about any of our guests or um, any of our clients, feel free to contact Angie and I through her email address, AngieAustinRadio at gmail.com. And there's always the awesome podcast that we have up and other information on her website of AngieAustinNews.com. So go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions or guests or hey, if you might want to advertise with us, go ahead and contact us. We'd love to have you. I'm producer Moose from the good news. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.